0: everyone it's that most wonderful time of the year and you know what this podcast needs a holiday special everybody else gets a holiday special the muppets kenny rogers Emmett otter so why shouldn't we get one too and because it's a special we can break our format and not talk about a movie we remember but one of those amazing holiday television specials that comes around every year about this time so what did we pick did we dust off some old bob hope nonsense or bing crosby duetting with david bowie well, if you thought that, you obviously don't know us very well. Aha! You finally realize where we're going with this, huh? That's right, Sugar Plum. We're going back to the days of 1978 with Wookiees, B. Arthur, and a very pissed-off, contractually obligated Harrison Ford. Get ready for the Star Wars Holiday Special. Ho-ho-ho! Welcome
1: to the Hold Up Holiday Special! Every now and then, we pick a holiday film, we throw it in, and we find out, does it still hold up? Ho-ho-ho-ho!
0: I'm John Longino. I'm John Nelson. And I'm Ray Morton. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! And happy holidays. Welcome, everybody, to, I think, the first actual holdup up holiday special. I don't think we've ever, like, oh, yes. broken format for this before. And welcome back, everybody. Ray Morton's with us again. See, I told you we weren't going to wait another five years before we had you back on. And here Welcome you back, are. Ray. Thank you for having me. Welcome to celebrate Life Day with us. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Children, if you want to write. Itchy What You Want for Life Day, be sure to write us at holduppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> or you can visit our website, holduppodcast.com.
0: Well, everybody, hey, let's welcome back to the show Ray Morton, writer, film historian, author of such books as King Kong, The History of a Movie Icon, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the making of Steven Spielberg's classic film. Ray has started also a cottage industry of popping up in other people's film histories with equally long titles. Uh, He wrote a chapter for John Gillerman, The Man, The Myth, The Movies, and now he's in the new book, Secrets of the Force, The Complete, Uncensored, Unauthorized History of Star Wars, edited by Edward Gross and Mark A. Altman. Ray, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, wow, that's like the closest Thank to you. meeting
1: a Jedi I'm ever going to get. I, <laughs> I
0: Seriously? You yeah. know, in one hand, like, oh, Phil Tippett is talking about something. And then, oh, it's uh, George Lucas is mentioning something. And then it's Ray Morton comes in and he's walking amongst giants.
2: You <laughs> wow. know, it's a little odd to see, to see my name alongside some of those folks, but uh, an honor as well.
0: How is it that the world's foremost authority on King Kong gets uh, involved in a Star Wars book? This I must know.
2: Well, Ed Gross and Mark Altman are the editors of these books, and a few years ago, they reached out to me based on the work I do at Script Magazine, or used to do at Script Magazine since I'm, I'm not with them anymore. <laughs> I do, a, you know, I do a column about screenwriting and the technical processes and the creative stuff, and they asked me to contribute to an oral history they did on the James Bond series, and they wanted me to talk about it from the point of view of the screenwriting. So. I commented on the screenwriters, all the many people, and then also the films themselves from a script point of view. And that went well. It's a really great book that they put together. And, and I guess they were pleased with my contribution because when they did the Star Wars one, they asked me to do that too. And somehow I got a little carried away because even <laughs> though it's an oral history, really I wrote my contribution because um, we didn't really do it as like an interview. Right. And I just started writing every thought I ever had about the entire Star Wars saga. Ended up writing about 75 pages. And they pick and chose what they felt was, was worthwhile for the book. But I still have a ton of it sitting here on the computer. So my
0: blathering on about Star Wars. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I do notice there's a large gaping hole in uh, one of the Star Wars subjects that you speak upon. And that is... The Star Wars Holiday Special. So what happened there? <laughs> well, honestly,
2: I forgot about it.
0: <laughs> you and um, most of the population.
2: Right. You know, they, most of my focus was on the films. And they had talked about the TV stuff. But to be honest, I, I really don't know the TV stuff that well. I, I mostly know the films. And then in there was the Holiday special and until i actually saw the chapter in the book i was like oh that's right It was a holiday <laughs> special. and um so that's why i'm not in that
0: chapter oh that's too bad well before we start uh doing whatever this show does to it do you have anything that you want to say uh historically speaking about the star wars holiday special
2: well from my own point of view i saw when it first ran uh and probably had the same gobsmacked reaction everybody did and I did not see it again. I think the last time I watched it was uh, probably 15 years ago. There was some point where it started to um, make it rounds on bootleg VHS tapes. I think that's the last time that I saw it. And what I know about it historically, you know, films in those days were marketed differently. Basically a film would go into the theater and play for a year or sometimes more. And of course, Star Wars was such a hit that it was still playing first run a year later. And often then the films would go into a second run uh, 18 months to two years after. So there was an effort in those days to keep popular films alive with extra merchandising. Now we know that merchandising tends to come out before a film, Um, but in those days, it kind of came out after the film to keep it alive in the public consciousness. And with Star Wars, Lucas was obviously preparing Empire Strikes Back at about the time the holiday special came along, but they had signed the deal with Kenner Toys to do all the action figures that famously everybody remembers. <laughs> right. The first in Christmas of 77, everyone got an empty box because they didn't actually have the action figures. So the action figures came out in 78 and Kenner wanted Lucasfilm to promote, do something to promote it. And that's where the idea of the holiday special came about. The part that boggles my mind still is Lucas had written a story, actually, or two stories. He wrote whatever the Life Day story was, but it was supposed to be a tale of Chewbacca, basically. He also wrote the story for the Boba Fett cartoon that appears in it. And then it was all turned over to people whose expertise was in 1970s cheesy holiday specials and donnie and marie shows and all of that kind of stuff a mix i still cannot explain (laughs) oh like bruce valanche bruce valanche and and it was uh, hemi and smith were the production company and they did a lot of the um award show things and and again the bing crosby holiday specials and all that kind of stuff so they brought that sensibility they were they were hired to do a holiday special so they did what they knew how to do and so it didn't gum it. yeah
1: and it, we're, we're doing a holiday special
2: <laughs> and it didn't mix with the the lucas material and famously the question is where was i mean lucas is such a famous control freak that um, you have to wonder where he was but my understanding is he was mostly tied up with um, empire at that point and really didn't Want to have too much to do with the special until it all went wrong, and then uh, I guess he tried to get in and fix it, and when it really turned out terribly, he just basically
1: disowned it. And, oh yeah, you know, pretty much. That's that's like most of uh, the the myth that I know about this is it. It has this almost like jerry lewis day the clown cried like yeah. you know this <laughs> this thing needs to be deleted from history kind of vibe where we're like clearly whenever he watched it or got his hands on it he's made it an extreme understandably because it's terrible made, made a big effort to like delete it from the world so i as far as i understand this thing only exists in like bootlegs of people that recorded it when it aired yeah
2: well it only aired one time uh, and, and lucas you know pulled it after that and by then empire came out so they didn't need to do any additional promotion and kenner was happy but yeah people had taped it lucas has never let it be re-released although i do think they put the boba fett cartoon was on one of the dvd uh blu-ray releases actually Uh, so that is still around and that's the thing if anybody remembers anything fondly from it is what they remember. Because that was the first time we met Boba Fett. But other than that, yeah, Lucas had it all locked away. And, and the stuff we see now is all the all the stuff people taped, which which is kind of amazing because back then people weren't taping so much at home. That, that was a few years really before that got started. So yeah, we're, uh, we're, we we get this only from bootleg at this point.
1: Uh, Ray, you mentioned that this is the first time Boba Fett appears in Star Wars period. I always find that really fascinating that this beloved character who's about to get his own show on Disney Plus was in this random cartoon in this weird special.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's like they they knew even then that like, oh, this is going to be our cool character.
2: (laughs) Well, the funny thing is Lucas apparently does not like Boba Fett. <laughs> um, or, or, or it's not that it, I guess he doesn't that know, he checks he out. Doesn't, yeah, he said he doesn't get it. He doesn't get why people oh. like the characters. Is, is that why he ruined him right. in
1: the prequels? Uh. Is that why?
0: <laughs> he's just that man yeah. doesn't know his what his left hand is doing when his right hand is typing. I don't know. That dude, he'll say shit like that all the time. Fucking, I don't know why Boba Fett's cool. Then why did you make the sound effect of spurs when he walks? You know why he's cool, <laughs> you asshole.
2: He does this weird revisionist stuff. My favorite one is he talks about how when the Empire came out, nobody liked Yoda. It took a long time for everybody to come around and like Yoda.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Honest. I was there,
2: man. <laughs> 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 everybody loved Yoda.
1: <laughs> Yoda yeah. was never disliked. Like, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of which, what you know, about what age were you when the Star Wars phenomenon hit, Ray? I mean, were you like a young a a child a teenager yeah
2: i I was a teenager i'm trying to think i was probably when when star wars came out i was 14. so this would have been late 15 somewhere when the holiday special came okay
0: yeah because so you i assume that you watched it live
2: oh yeah well star wars man was like (laughs) you needed more star wars i'd probably seen the film at that point um i it's funny i didn't see the film when it first came out i was away for the summer and famously Star Wars only opened in about 25 theaters and unfortunately the wilds of Vermont which is where i was staying <laughs> was not one of the places so i didn't actually see Star Wars till about august of whatever the 77 and then probably went back to see it four or five times over the next year and then this special came on in christmas and there had been one like making of behind the scenes kind of thing that right. you know so i watched that and then this came on and i will say even as a kid i never really liked any of these holiday special things and i never really understood why star wars was doing it even at that age but i was like hey man more star wars and then you know (laughs) and then you watched it and you're like (laughs) "Well, it's like maybe maybe some
0: maybe some things should stay forbidden yeah longino not to date you but i don't think you were even born when this thing came out didn't were you
1: no, not at all. In fact, my experience with this special is likely very different from y'all. I mean, <laughs> I you know uh, certainly I, yes, I wasn't alive when this aired. Uh, I was born in eighty one. My mom was uh, pregnant with me w- during Empire, and oh. then I caught Jedi at like two. So <laughs> you know, that's when I got on board But no, my my experience with the special was like I had no idea it existed whatsoever. I I spent my life a huge Star Wars fan, seeing those movies. Buying the toys, watching all the, you know, like cartoons and the and the Ewok movies and all that shit, and I didn't I didn't know this existed at all until I went to college, ah. and now you know now th- b- back then the internet wasn't quite the internet that it is today, <laughs> right? Um, but I like clearly someone had word had kind of gotten out. This thing sort of started going around because uh, someone in my uh, dorm was like oh yeah you like Star Wars have you seen the holiday special and I was like holiday special what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and actually at that time I couldn't find it online I ended up buying a bootleg DVD on eBay nice to, that's how I watched this thing and then me and my college roommates gather around we're like all right let's and I I knew enough to have heard that it was bad right but uh yeah I didn't quite know what I was in for at all and then <laughs> I was just utterly puzzled watching it it, it was so like nothing like star wars not even close i don't i didn't even have the context of like these were holiday specials that were done on television on the regular or something (laughs) i didn't even have that framing so everything was just like why what why would you do this like what is this uh it's crazy and then now many years later no, no it's that the internet's obviously much more prevalent and you can get a lot more information of like, here's why this was made. Here's what happened. Right. This is really taken on a, like, you know, just, it it, it runs in that same vein of, of like really bad movies. People watch to, for a good time or to, that's sort of what it became to me It was like showing it to people and watching their shock as I laughed and tortured them. Um, Uh, another aspect of it I really remember, I don't know what version we're watching tonight, but the bootleg that I got also had the television commercials in it. Oh that man. Pl- that played when it aired. Yeah. And so sometimes people cut that out, but sometimes people leave them in cuz I don't know who the le- whoever like the person that had the VHS <laughs> that is is like the canonical like first bootleg version that it, these that these commercials came with it. In fact, one of them is so silly that I think there's a South Park episode where they basically recreated the commercial. Oh, that's funny. It's a... I don't exactly remember the context, but it's 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 some like labor dispute or like women's labor movement, and they all <laughs> oh, like I, I
2: they come out singing
1: talking. a song or that, something. And that like, was I, the,
2: the Ladies Garment Workers Union. Look for yeah, the there it label. is. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah,
0: wow, that's crazy there that yeah. people in the '70s had labor disputes. Thank goodness there's <laughs> nothing like that going on right now in the modern age. Yes.
1: <laughs> but I remember that that South Park episode was like the most inside of inside, where it's like if you hadn't seen at least for my generation, if you hadn't seen this bootleg and had seen the commercials therein, because certainly Trey Parker and Matt Stone they're not they're not a terrible much older than me or maybe they're around. I your think they're age, about also, my age. Yeah, yeah. But they I think they've said like, oh yeah, we just saw that on the the bootleg and put it in
0: South Park, right. Well, since you've raised it up, I was about, what, four when Star Wars came out, which would have put me at exactly five, I think, when uh, the holiday special came out. Uh, And, of course, I watched it live on TV because I was not going to miss anything Star Wars, like Ray said. Uh, And though I have seen bits and pieces of it over the years, I have not seen it in its entirety since that, that night. Because, like Ray, even at five years old, I remember a vague, my first vague sense of disappointment in the commercialization of a product I loved. Because <laughs> I, you know, you could tell nobody was had. I mean, maybe Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher were having fun, but Harrison Ford was pissed the whole time, angry as fuck that he was, you know, being forced <laughs> to participate in this nonsense against his will. And yeah, just everything just seemed so wrong. So yeah, even at five years old, I was sort of like, I don't think I like this. Um, But I did like the Boba Fett cartoon because, of course, everybody loves Boba Fett. And the the crazy thing is I didn't know about this, but I guess there was some kind of a thing running back in those days to promote Empire. If you took like five proofs of purchase from the toys and sent out those, those and, you know, a buck 50, you could get the early... Uh, though not the ones that'll poke your eye out Boba Fett's you could get the uh, you know the, the yeah. acceptable Boba Fett's that don't poke your eye out and my mom just presented it to me one day like <laughs> came out in the yard said oh look I got you something and, and she had mailed away the proofs of purchase and there was Boba Fett and I was like oh my fucking god what is this amazingness
3: <laughs> from Kenner's Star Wars collection comes the Stormtrooper the Sand People and all 20 action figures including new Hammerhead Snaggletooth and more each sold separately and now Boba Fett Star Wars villain with his lace rifle boba fett is not yet available in stores but you can get him free with four proofs of purchase from any star wars action figures details on specially marked packs at participating stores offer ends may 31st star wars action figures sold separately from kenner
2: well the thing with the boba fett like i i think the reason that he got so promoted in the cartoon is you have to remember it was all designed to promote the kenner toys and there was nobody new and <laughs> and the only two re- the new characters that were going to come in Empire that were major were Landau and Boba Fett and obviously Yoda, but they couldn't release anything with Yoda and I don't think anybody wanted to buy like a, you know, Billy D Williams action figure at that point, because nobody knew who Landau was. Um, right. So I really think the reason he got so promoted was he was the costume, also no actor associated with it, so they could just <laughs> right. sell more Star Wars toys before Empire came
0: that was also one of life's major disappointments. As much as I liked Empire as a kid, I was so looking forward to what Boba Fett was going to bring to The Empire Strikes Back, and what I saw <laughs> standing there was a man in a cool costume standing there and not doing terribly much. So, <laughs> but somehow I, I skipped that over. By the time he got to Jedi, and I was like, "Oh man, Boba Fett's back!" And then he gets. Knocked out by a blind dude and uh, eaten by a beast that doesn't move. It doesn't. It doesn't move. The Sarlacc coming folks. to Disney Plus. The most badass <laughs> bounty on earth. can't avoid being hit by an unsighted fellow and uh, falls into a hole. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, well, okay, so now we've all, like, thrown out our, our first experiences with this thing. What memories do you have specifically? Like, Ray, I'm sure you remember it, uh, you know, perfectly with your uh, uh, amazing <laughs> photographic memory, but I, like I say, I remember, like, you know, I saw a picture of B. Arthur singing at the cantina, and I was like, oh, I guess that happened. I don't oh, even yeah. remember that. I do remember Carrie Fisher singing, and she sang to, like, the tune of Star Wars, right? Or something like that. Uh, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: remember her singing i don't remember what she's saying i remember harrison ford seeming pissed off mark (laughs) hamill wears some weird wig that's all but but i think he was still recovering from his car accident at at that point oh interesting i remember b arthur being there there's some sketch with harvey corman which uh, oh yeah you know i don't know (laughs) art carney's in it right Um, and i do remember even then thinking art carney has no idea what star wars is and has no idea why he's in this thing Right there's something with some weird acrobats I can't remember that oh my god yeah. Um, yeah and and there's a lot of really bad knockoff chewy family masks of some sort that actually look sort of creepy and uncomfortable as opposed <laughs> to the sort of. Cool thing that Chewie was. I think.
0: Well, there's like this 20 minute intro, right? Where like Han Solo is in the Falcon with Chewie, and they're heading to to Kashuk for Life Day, and then you have this 20 minute silent film with Chewbacca's family.
1: Oh, it's it's not silent. Well, I mean, there's, you'll wish it was. They're speaking to each other. They're basically yeah. Well, I
0: say it's a silent film, but they're speaking to yeah. each other in grunts and growls, so you don't know what they're saying. And they didn't subtitle it, right? They didn't. Oh no, no, no,
1: yeah. Not, not, not a, not a moment of it is it. No, it's actually, frankly, for like accidental comedy, it's one of the greatest things ever because there's nothing funnier than like, it was Star Wars, baby. Here we go. I can't, I'm so excited. And then you hit play on this thing. And yes, it is 20 minutes of like pain where it's, it's, it's just a bad, not like, not even vaudeville. Like, it's just, it's, it's. If I remember, it is Chewie's family at Kashyyyk, yes, living in the tree, which is also crazy. It's like, I think the first time you ever see Kashyyyk, period. Uh, and it's, man. <laughs> it's 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 like a mom and a dad and a baby and a grandpa and their names are like itchy and lumpy and, and yeah. silly. it's w- just the stupidest shit and it's like <hums> <incentivizing> you like for- forever it, you'll feel like you're watching it for an hour it's insane and that's just the start like you you get through that and you're like oh thank god we're through that and then it's just like strap in baby because everything it's Damn near unwatchable, honestly. Right? <laughs> well, we'll put that to the test. <laughs> but there was this sort of, and this
2: gets a little lost in the, the Star Wars legend too. But it really was a movie that if you got it, you loved it. But there was a big group of people, especially older people at the time, who didn't get it, and and <laughs> oh, I yeah. think they didn't they didn't understand it was popular. And if you look at a lot of the star wars knockoffs on television and in features they're all made by people who clearly didn't understand what made star wars work so they're campy mm-hmm. and broad and kind of ridiculous and definitely looking down at the material and yeah. i'm gonna assume that's who was given the job to do this <laughs> because because I, yeah. I think they just didn't understand the material and but the guy who probably could have told them i guess wasn't so interested in <laughs>
1: That's a fantastic point and way to put it. It does play like people who have no clue yeah. what it's it actually honestly in hindsight as a huge fan, as someone who like the thing about star Wars is star Wars came out and then got copied. It's still being copied. Like, right. it, it's like the template for like the big blockbuster movie. It's been done a million, billion, billion times. So there's something just so weird and archaic about watching a bunch of people just not get it. Yeah. <laughs> just not even close. Yeah, you're right. They'd have little comedy scenes like you're watching a sitcom. Mm-hmm. And the right. guy, I think there's something at like a shop where someone's in the like might as well be Jedi robes selling like robot parts and making jokes and stuff. And you're <laughs> I just think like, the what the is this? Part, actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh my God. It's
1: crazy. They're like, it's like they take the traditional like pieces you would have in a special and they come up with some dumb star wars way for them to happen the trapeze act i think is like they're they're uh, on a hologram <laughs> okay. like like okay. oh oh in the movie they play this game on a hologram so like we'll just have a, a people performing circus like on a hologram like it's so weird and it just speaks volumes to like it's it's a time that I have I never experienced which is people people not understanding what Star Wars is and why it's good yeah right no it it was I remember
2: my parents had some friends over I'm gonna guess like that summer when Star Wars came out and I remember it was a man and a man and a woman and the woman just kept saying we saw that movie and it was terrible and (laughs) and she kept and it was like well why and I hadn't seen it yet and it was like well why was it terrible it said There's this robot and he keeps talking and his mouth doesn't move. And this this is what took her out of the movie. And I I think the other thing is you see this, you know, in a way, the current wave of like superhero movies has has wiped this away. But almost any superhero project, either prior or immediately after the Richard Donner Superman movie and even pieces of the Richard Donner Superman movie, can't take it seriously. So right. everybody's kind of camping it up and 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 you can tell a lot of the filmmakers are just like, I'm above this material. Right. And of course, the beautiful thing about Star Wars and Superman is that the people <laughs> who made them did not feel they were above, they made it sincerely. And I just think you had a whole bunch of other people who did not understand how you could take it sincerely. Like it, this has to be campy kid stuff, right? And children's right. TV in the 70s, really thought kids were morons. So, you know, so everything is stupid basically. And, you know, um, oh, no, we live never, in different times
0: now. Never have I heard the 70s described more correctly. <laughs> yeah. There was some garbage on TV in those days. And this this thing was like 2 hours long, right? So we're in for like an hour and a half of like Oh yeah. Ugh.
1: I think it, it might be two hours with commercials. Right. That's what I, I, I want to say.
0: I mean, depending yeah. on... I, 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 I don't know how we're going to watch it since it would not exactly be legal to watch it. But I also don't know if we were <laughs> to watch it, if it has commercials or not. So... So there you go. I have no idea how long we're in for. If this is one of those two-hour things, then, uh, you know, I'm sure, Ray, you, you know this about John and I. Once it hits the two-hour mark, we start getting sleepy and crotchety. <laughs> well,
1: honestly, at, by the end of this, time will be a concept you don't even understand. Because <laughs> there's two hours and then there's this. Like, get ready. Like, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, surely it's been an hour and it'll have been like ten minutes. Like,
0: I will say I caught the very beginning of this when I was, uh, you know, looking around the internet for uh, clues of this ex- existence, and it had that thing at the front, which I assume is the CBS thing at the time, where it was like dun 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 dun, dun, dun. and it was that yep. big like yep. shape that came at you swirling, and everybody who's a '70s kid knows what I'm talking about. You knew that when the CBS special logo came toward you, then you were in for some shit. <laughs> it was epic. <laughs> And, but then, of course, and then there was the Star Wars special behind it, and all the good feelings ran away. But there is, to this day, I can't watch that thing without feeling the sense of like giddy anticipation that the kid in me felt whenever that was in front of something. It's like, oh my God, something's going to be good. <laughs> this is special. It says it so right in the name. It's right. a special. And then they would put like the peanuts on it or what. Yeah. After I think they started putting like the Peanuts Arbor Day specials, it started going in front of that. So it started to lose its luster. But yeah, I just I, remember I, as a kid, that was the big deal.
2: And there was a tradition of some fairly good Christmas stuff, but it, most of it is from the 60s and got repeated through the 70s. <laughs> like the Charlie right. Brown Christmas is actually quite good. And, and some of the Rankin-Bass, the, the little stop motion animation, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all that, they're, they're, they're pretty good. They're also only a half hour, which is really (laughs) nice, (laughs) and and that was a big deal. So, and every show had a Christmas episode, and there were lots of. I mean, the whole idea of a special is a thing nobody even understands anymore, Um, (laughs) right? You you know, but and those those basically meant one-off variety shows, right? um, And how that became a Star Wars thing, I don't know.
0: children before the internet and before you could get everything you ever wanted at any time you wanted it you had to wait once a year to see this crap yep that was absolutely, it
2: absolutely. And, in,
0: and in the case of the star wars special even though i hated it i was like waiting for it to come around again never came around again mm-hmm. and left a, a hole in my heart because i was <laughs> hoping for something that i hated to come back around again but i was five so what did i know and that night has returned. Yes. Because <laughs> here we are. I, I don't know if we should. I mean, is this one of those things that we say, hey, does it hold up? Ta-da. Because <laughs> it can't, right? W-
2: what is our criteria for hold up, though? <laughs> is
0: I it mean, as bad
2: as we remember? Or? Well, that's, I guess. I mean, yeah. this
0: we, we don't often find ourselves in this spot where nobody is defending the material. So, <laughs> so yeah. I guess. No, there's, there, there's no universe
1: where anyone here goes to bat like it's good. <laughs> <There's> good no. <laughs> This is like one of the most infamously, notoriously bad things ever. So so does it hold up to that? Uh, let me chime in. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's
0: going to be trash. <laughs> well, here's what I'll chime in. I'll say if it holds up enough to entertain the three of us for, you know, an hour and a half or whatever it is, then I'll consider that a hold up. If it's a hold up like I'm bored to tears and there's just it's not even funny how bored I am, then that we're starting to get into some really icky territory. Icky yeah Yeah. (laughs) see what i did there what do you think ray (laughs) what what scale are you measuring on
2: uh i i guess i feel like i will measure it based on the cringe factor if i'm (laughs) cringing more than i'm laughing then it's not gonna hold out i guess i'm actually curious to see if the boba fett thing holds up for me like because that was the one thing that seemed good back then and I don't know if it's good now. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Now, I haven't seen it since that time. Was that... I I know that the style of animation was kind of weird, even because they were kind of mimicking not anime, I guess, but they were trying to go for a different style of animation at that point, right?
2: The the company that did it was this company named uh, Nelvana. And they later... I think they went into features. I think they they might have something to do with later on, like the My Little Ponies and things, I think. (laughs) But yeah, like a lot, well, a lot of the Saturday morning animation at that time was mostly the Hanna-Barbera stuff, which was very limited and, you know, uh, very, (laughs) very simple. uh, Simple,
0: reusable. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Nelvana did, they did more like, um, I think they did a couple of Christmas specials. They were trying for something a little more elaborate But it was all still television, so it couldn't, Mm. you know, you were never going to approach, like, Disney quality, which in those days was the only animation that was out there, you know.
1: Well, uh, if there's not anything else, then let us get aboard the Millennium (laughs) Falcon and fly to Kashyyyk as we watch the Star
3: Wars Holiday Special. And we'll be right back.
1: Hey, CBS, what's coming on?
3: Friday, blast off to a galaxy far, far away. It's the Star Wars Holiday Special, starring all your Star Wars favorites. Will Chewbacca get home to his planet in time for the big Wookiee holiday celebration? Watch and find out. Then on Flying High, the girls put it on and take it off. You know what? What? I don't think either one of us is going to get much sleep tonight. Join us for a far-out Friday, beginning at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. You're on. The Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. With Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. R2-D2 as R2-D2. And James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. Introducing Chewbacca's family. His wife, Mala. His father, Itchy, His son, Lumpy. With special guest stars. Beatrice Arthur. Art Carney. Diane Carroll. The Jefferson Starship. Harvey Corman. And an animated Star Wars story on the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh ladies and
1: gentlemen, <laughs> man, we're We're back from the uh, <laughs> star wars <laughs> life day holidays special uh old old man santa's going to take a, <laughs> take a breather on that one um Uh-oh. well guys we did, we did it. It. <laughs> it we did it
0: we did it we saw the whole we didn't fast forward anything sorely tempted fuck i wish oh my god holy cow where where does one start in this amazing narrative let's shall we shall we take it to the beginning when han solo and chewbacca are out running stock footage from the original star wars (laughs) to get to life yes there were a couple of times when uh, they used some unused B-roll, for, uh, some obvious unused B-roll from the Star Wars movie, and it was kind of that was the only parts everybody perked up. They're like, "Oh shit, yeah, a, a, a moment of Star Wars I haven't <laughs> oh, seen 37 hey. times." Yeah, but uh, I,
1: I suppose uh, before we go scene by scene, I'm just kind of want generally your guys' impression hot off it. We like just stop watching it. <laughs> what 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 did you think?
0: Yeah, Ray, you go first.
2: I I guess. I was expecting in a way for it to be a lot funnier. I was really <laughs> how incredibly tedious the whole thing was. You know, yeah. not not even like so bad it's good, more just really tedious. Tedious is a
1: really good word.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We That's were t- accurate. We were talking about how like MTV editing got really like unfairly maligned in the eighties <laughs> if this is what it was brought in to avoid. I mean, this was I mean, they would have scenes running forever. And we were like, did this like start out as like an hour long special and got stretched out to two hours? And this was literally every single thing they filmed because I
2: I would almost guarantee it because that B. Arthur scene in the cantina is telling two or three different stories. I don't know. That had to be 10 minutes long. There's no way that that was not like padded out.
0: This whole thing was like when SNL just like they they put a sketch up because they built the set and it's too late to put in something else and it's a 10 minute sketch and you're just like how did this make it how on earth but the B Arthur thing just to, I mean just so the audience knows there's a scene with B Arthur in the Tatooine cantina from the first movie and the empire basically makes a big announcement on the TV because apparently there's TVs in the Star Wars universe now. (laughs) They make an announcement on the TV. Hey, we're shutting everything down. Martial law. Everybody's got to get the fuck out, go home. And so B. Arthur's trying to get everybody out and they won't leave. And so she's like, okay, one last round. And then she sings a song to the uh, tune of the cantina theme.
3: Just one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend. And then so long, friend.
0: And the interesting thing to me is like this this particular scene was kind of garbage, but I could see this being like Lucas's idea because this to me reminded me of like, oh, this is like World War II. Like, oh, everybody's in the bar and then, oh, the Nazis are coming, so everybody's got to get up and go home and... You know, I I could see the ideation of it, but the execution was, uh, yeah, not the same. (laughs) All right. I, I mean, I'm not
1: Mr. Defender of George Lucas, but I'm gonna step in here and say he had fucking nothing to do with that. Like, like, even even on a conceptual level, I don't think this like cabaret one last call, you know, (laughs) song. There's no way he was okay with like song numbers in it and stuff like that. It's just crazy.
0: I don't know. We've shown George Lucas has proved over the years that he is not above making a dollar. Sure. I
1: just I I I'm sure it's like his involvements at the level of like George R. R. Martin in the final season of Game of Thrones, where it's like I don't know, like it was like written on toilet paper like life day, Kashyyyk, you know, Wookiees. Like what, no, no no like no no. It's oh, pronounced yeah. what
0: is it pronounced? kazooie or something, Ka- something like that. Ka-Zoo- yeah, Ka- Kablamo or whatever the fuck they said. Yeah. yeah, they can't even pronounce it right in their own show. It's insane. We say to a made-up name. <laughs> What's kind of
2: interesting is, is like you see the. It's a weird clash of sensibility and even of concept because if you pull out what story there was, Han has to get Chewie home, and the Empire is screwing around, and the Empire is threatening Chewie's family. You could have made a little half-hour pseudo-dramatic story out of that. Perhaps. Right. And then they handed it over to musical comedy or variety show people <laughs> who then, I don't know, added <laughs> guest stars and musical numbers. It's like, why didn't you just make a little half hour, get Chewy home in time for the hallucinogenic cult, <laughs> cult orgy or whatever it was?
0: I swear, there is there is more than one... Time where somebody in the the Baca family has gone <laughs> off and watched something on a screen or in a holographic chamber or something. There is like there's one thing where Itchy, the father-in-law, <laughs> goes off and watches Diane Carroll sing a song, but it's not just, you know, her singing a song. It's her dressed up in some weird, like icicle thing and saying, mm-hmm. I'm your fantasy. And Itchy's all into this. The human, you know, Wookiee disconnect doesn't seem to register with him. He's like, yeah, sing sing that song to me, baby.
3: Oh, oh, we are excited, aren't we?
0: And then she sings a James (laughs) Bond-inspired (laughs) theme.
3: If we could only bend this minute infinitely extend this minute, then i
0: could live my whole life right now.
1: it sounds like it's all from itchy's mind cuz she's like here i am i'm forming your perfect fantasy it's like i guess he's a bond fan i don't know like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well given how many screens he's, he's like accepting this like, it's <laughs> so weird. Given how many screens are in that, you know, Wookiee home, then that's, you know, that makes sense that he's a Bond fan. They had a TV, <laughs> uh a monitor for the Empire, a oh, little yeah. a little monitor for Itchy to play on, the holographic chamber for I'm uh, sorry, for uh, um Lumpy to play on. <laughs> And then Itchy had his own, you know, clockwork, orange, holographic chair. I mean, and I'm sure there's a couple I'm missing, but they would just like this is more like a modern family. It's like everybody's off on their iPads and iPhones watching Life Day shit.
1: Well, That's what's so crazy about it is because it has this weird conceit of like we need to watch these bits or watch these musical numbers which they work in with, like, okay, kid, go watch some TV now, or oh, you imperial officer, yeah. yeah, sit down and watch this thing. They're so concerned with, like, how do we set up these fucking bits? And what's insane as like, as a holiday special, the one question y'all kept asking, which is perfectly valid, is, like, what is Life Day? How does that work? <laughs> What's the goal here? Like, they talk nothing about the holiday that they're celebrating. But, but oh, we can get a bullshit cooking class with, like, horrible oh my wigs gosh. and comedy. Stir, whip, stir,
3: whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Come on, faster all together now. Cooking can be fun. Stir, whip, stir, whip, whip,
0: whip. whip. That was the it's literal crazy. worst. I mean, that was the nadir of the whole thing because yeah, it was really bad. Chewbacca's wife, which, by the way, even in a galaxy far, far away, the ladies are still having to do all the menial fucking tasks on the holidays.
3: Mm-hmm. Like in cooking aprons. and aprons, yes. <laughs> yeah. And she's
0: watching what is obviously a Julia Child joke. And it goes on for minutes, long, unfunny minutes of the, of the alien saying, oh, and then we're going to put the thing in the thing. And it's just like, it's. Mash it, mash it, mash it, yeah,
1: it, it. And,
0: like, and wow. Longino's like, at one point, uh, he's like, I, I understand it's a joke, but are there going to be any actual jokes in this sequence? <laughs> or is it just that somebody's doing an alien version of Julia Childs and that's supposed to hold us over for 10 minutes? That uh, People rolling it home. Ah! <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that was Julia the weird
1: Childs. <laughs> thing
2: about all of the bits is everything, like, there's a whole bunch with Art Carney and some imperial officer who's basically taking crap from his store, and there's the Julia Child bit and that weird thing with Harvey Korman Car- playing a malfunctioning robot, and and Jefferson Starship oh, so doing bad. a musical number which was terrible, <laughs> but they all is all of the sequences went on way too long. They couldn't seem to decide if they were funny or straight like because the art carney scene you could have played that seriously he seemed to be mugging and making jokes but there (laughs) were no jokes being had right and was everything went on way too long every (sighs) sequence and there's a weird little love story between another harvey corman character and b arthur (laughs) and right what does this have to do with anything (laughs) <laughs> I mean,
0: somebody obviously I could just either the creators of the network or somebody was like, like you say, Long you know, everything had to be set up properly. They couldn't just let things happen because God forbid anybody be confused as to why things are happening. But I mean it it, it answered nothing. It always like asked forty more questions than it solved. It was just <laughs> it, was, it was the most like obtuse thing I think I've ever seen. Yes and and ray i agree with you to
1: your point like it's it's painfully unfunny yeah Yeah. it's not it's not even like okay you just didn't get star wars and you put this comedy special in front of it it's like on its own on its own merits of like a comedy sketch it is awful (laughs) i I don't think there's a single successful comedy bit in the entire thing i'm trying to think of like a joke that was funny well,
2: that's what it's like. They seem to be like when the Harvey Corman malfunctioning robot was that the joke that the robot malfunction? or was the malfunction supposed to lead to a joke, and you just couldn't tell. It was just yeah, I don't know.
0: There was one cool part. Okay, the cartoon lived up the the Boba for me the Boba Fett cartoon. Everybody like stopped joking around and making with the funny. Sure, and, I mean, and then it had
1: like a plot, <laughs> right? <laughs> it had, Stuff it happened Stakes. In it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It
0: had a plot. It had a beginning, a yeah. middle, and end. Things moved at a decent clip. There, there was a big character turn as, <laughs> as shockingly
1: Boba Fett was revealed to be evil. I had no idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's the best part is like canonically it works, except for one sure, thing. The sure. only thing that didn't work in that cartoon is like, hey, we're going to go find a mystic device that... I don't know, turns you invisible or something, and then it never pays off? Like, they never turn invisible or
1: anything? I'm like... It just makes humans sleepy with a virus or something, and they have to be upside down? Like, that didn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, that was uh, I think that was just to keep Harrison Ford's voiceover to a minimum, (laughs) (laughs) because if you know, he only has one thing right at the very end. So I don't know. Although the part, one part that I liked that seemed very star wars was i liked boba fett riding around on a sea monster dinosaur yeah off the magic dragon or whatever like that honestly like that could have been
0: Almost anything that happened in that cartoon, I was far more willing to accept than what happened in the actual live version of anything. Right. <laughs> Even like at one point, like Luke takes us, you know, he's like, oh, I got to go find Han and Chewie. And he gets in a ship that is not the ship that we know because, you know, he rides in the X-Wing and everybody knows it. But he's riding in a Y-Wing. And we're like, why did he do that? And then cut to inside the ship and it's a two seater which the Y-Wings are, I guess, and and he needed to take uh, C-3PO with him, so I'm like, oh, okay, well, at least that makes some kind of sense, you know? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll challenge
1: you on that. I don't think the Y-Wings are two-seaters. I, it, they might I not be. I don't in the Battle of Yavin, like, anyone with a co-pilot in a Y-Wing.
0: Well, then there's no reason. It's bullshit. It's <laughs> all bullshit. <laughs>
1: But I appreciate. I get what you're saying. I appreciate. Like, oh, he needs a different ship that does have two seeds. Okay
0: let's let's but call it, it for wasn't what it, that one. Look, let's call it what it is. They'd already sold all the X wings. They were going to sell now. They needed to sell <laughs> Y wings. And Luke has now officially I, yeah. piloted a Y wing.
1: <laughs> it's it's funny when watching this cartoon. Uh, when I originally watched this holiday special, this was d- d- like ten plus years ago um the uh, mandalorian show didn't exist and what's so funny like you said him riding a animal holding mm. that staff like i practically started in my head going like <laughs> like it, it kind of could have played as like a mandalorian episode
0: well i'm not kidding to me the cartoon i mean it has its flaws but those flaws are more like 70s flaws rather than like, right. oh, well, it doesn't. Dude, it's better than the prequels. It makes more sense and has more style. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to deny that. Like, <laughs> uh, that. That makes sense. I was, I was down with it. But, so, but that was only, the, what, 10 minutes? <laughs> you okay. could
1: probably do another pass of animating Harrison Ford's face. That was a little odd. <laughs> and I did a like that it
2: one. ended like every 70s adventure cartoon. They all turned to each other and laughed.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, somebody uh, makes a joke. About <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Even though Walk I'm not sure the what morning. they were laughing at, but it was still yeah. Funny. Oh man, Boba Fett betrayed us and nearly <laughs> killed us. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! beat right. that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that that struck me funny. It's also
1: <laughs> I. I and I shouldn't do this. I get really bogged down in the meta reality of the narrative we're watching because I, I mentioned this after the cartoon, but it's like Lumpy Chewbacca's son is watching this cartoon on his fucking Wookiee iPad or whatever. <laughs> and, and like it's his father and and I'm assuming Godfather, whoever, you know, all all of his
0: funny uncles,
1: but he doesn't react like, oh, dad, like he's just watching a show or there's many times where they're watching what seems to be a fake TV show. But then the reality of like the stormtroopers and the Imperial officers are in that and like bust into it and make (laughs) announcements and stuff like (laughs) that. I was so lost on like what's actually <laughs> real and what's like a fake show they're watching or are they yeah. watching live
0: footage? Uh, they're like, watching live that? footage from Tatooine in the cantina. <laughs> <laughs> they started so a weird a new reality show called Cantina. Obviously, they didn't think
1: about it for more than a fucking nanosecond. So you know, <laughs> uh, clearly they were not burdened with this question, but it just it was so odd to me.
0: Yeah, it was weird what they decided they needed answers on and what they could just let slide because, I mean, that whole beginning, like uh, Longino said it perfectly, it's like this 20 minute uh, growl fest and it, shit show and, and <laughs> what the fuck is going on in it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it, And yet it seemed like it was like, OK, we're going to show the Wookiees talking their language. We're not going to subtitle it because we have this intention. You know what I mean? It's like we, we're we going in full on on this idea that we have. And then it turns out, well, that was just one idea. And the next idea is they're going to go see Art Carney dressed as Han Solo in a junk shop for 10 minutes, and he's going to be doing a routine. Uh, yeah, it's it was weird how, like, intention was always, like, just buttoned up against, like, weird execution well, they, don't like, even
2: f- like fr- from a story point of view, they set up a little story in the beginning. We got to get Chewy home in time for whatever, right? And the Empire is after us. Why isn't that the story? Instead, they keep cutting to... Right. Um, I keep thinking of that, that, that movie that they made about 20 years ago about um, the Beatle who didn't make it, the guy who died. And like... Backbeat? Oh. Backbeat. And every scene was like, here's the guy sitting on his couch with his girlfriend while the Beatles go out, and whatever's going on <laughs> off screen is the interesting story, and, and, and I'm thinking here, like, Chewie's on his way home, and Han's trying to get him home, and we're watching the family waiting for him, which is not dramatic. <laughs> and and none of like that 20-minute thing in the beginning where they're all talking, that might have been interesting if something had happened, but nothing's right. happening. And then the only thing that does happen is the Empire comes in to look for Chewie because they think he's hiding. And then they look in little tiny boxes and in stuffed <laughs> animals because I guess Chewie could hide in a little box.
1: Oh, my I, God. I mean, They're really fine tooth combing that, <laughs> yeah. that apartment. Yeah. Like, it, it- if they're going house to house, it's going to take them like 17 years to check every
0: house. <laughs> that was the only thing I remembered as a kid. I told him as it happened, it was the searching. And at one point, one of the stormtroopers goes into Lumpy's room and Lumpy has a, a doll of a bantha, a giant yeah. bantha doll, which I was like, damn, that'd be awesome to have. And then he rips the head off <laughs> and Lumpy's just like, Guh, you ruined my toy. And then he like puts it on the bed and he's like starting to futz with it to like put it back together. And I genuinely like flashbacked myself as a kid feeling the emotion of like oh the mm. poor kid his toy got ripped oh that's fucked up and honestly it's the only thing that my kid would probably identify with in this whole thing she'd look at that and be like oh they ripped up his toy that's fucked up
1: <laughs> so shit i mean that's how i felt too like you said i saw it's like that's a sick ass bitch <laughs> like toy i literally was like i want
0: that and then they ripped it i was like oh no uh-huh, that's fucked up that thing's worth a thousand dollars now or a hundred thousand dollars more like <laughs> It'd be amazing Probably. Probably. they that's- also have weird act outs like they started like we had been watching it for a while and then they started cutting to commercials and we're like oh shit right this would have been on tv and had commercials and the first like commercial break was like oh shit they opened the door and they're stormtroopers and i'm like mm-hmm. well I mean, it's kind of clunkily executed, but uh, there are uh, many network executives of today who'd be like, now that's an act out. You know what I mean? It was like, oh shit, you didn't see that coming. Then the rest of it is just like weird, creepy. Like one of them is like a (laughs) stormtrooper standing with like above lumpy, like threatening, like what is he going to kill him? Is he going to molest him? What's going to happen here? It was very (laughs) creepy.
2: It's also like it's aimed at kids i'm assuming the special and, and all the act outs debatable are like, oh, but yeah
0: all of the, well yeah all of the act outs are like we're going to kill this kid right. <laughs> the kids always that, getting thrown well, that's kind of weird debatable though that this is for kids because uh all the fucking weird grown up stuff i can't imagine and being the child that i was i don't remember it so i don't think i was sitting still for it but i can't imagine a kid sitting and being like oh yeah i'm Hell really yeah. into this art carney thing what, what well you
1: get to grandpa's spank bank <laughs> Like, See, that's, happening? Yeah, that,
2: that's exactly it. like now I know something about the expanded Star Wars universe Boba Fett rides a dinosaur and Wookiees masturbate to another <laughs> to another species in, in James Bond title song
1: yes. sequences in the fucking holodeck <laughs> chair yeah. that they're in like what? oh
0: my god that was like, just there was nothing about that that wasn't creepy <laughs> so weird Yeah, it was fucked up and also for Art Carney to be like, "Hey man, check yeah. this shit." You
1: know? <laughs> he's like handed to him like, "Have fun, grandpa." Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, me like,
2: he literally says something like, well, oh, this is really wow wow wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this is going to turn <laughs> This is going to turn you on like nobody's business. Let me tell you itchy he also
1: he also calls it a proton pack which is like you know i mean obviously this is before uh ghostbusters but like i was definitely like what the fuck proton pack?
0: <laughs> well that was the only thing they could think of i'm sure that was the uh, i mean star wars the movie you look at it and every so often they'll say something kind of cheesy but for the most part they don't like identify things. Well, look, here is my space gadget. You know, they're just like, well, give me the give me the spanner or whatever, or give me the thing. They they yeah. they give real life names to things, and then of course, for this, they they turn it right back to like, give me the space glass that I may observe my <laughs> my space
1: videos. Well, no, because what they would do is do the stupidest shit. They would take things that exist in our world that the set designer just threw on there and then come <laughs> up with, like, a space name for it. So they're like, oh, make sure you plug that into the laser port you know, instead <laughs> right. of the, the fucking plug. They had, like, speakers that were... They, I'm surprised they didn't have a turntable. <laughs> <laughs> they had the fireplace, had a, as, as Ray pointed microwave. out. microwave. <laughs> like, yeah. Was, they had... They're so dumb.
0: They had the 70s fireplace that was in the middle of the room and shaped. Yeah. I don't even know how you like, like a, you know, there's a tube coming down and then yeah. there's like a, it wears a hat and then there's another, like, reverse yeah. it on the bottom and there it is again. And I mean,
1: the Wookiee had a fucking apron. Like Wookiees, they they walk around butt ass naked. <laughs> like,
0: apron? Like, What? <laughs> Well, the what best part is again? it was a fucking seventies living room. It's like they live in a oh tree house, and yet they have like, like you say, stereo systems and shelving units. And they took the trash out <laughs> in a tree, <laughs> in that's a rubber like a thousand, thousand feet scan. off the ground. <laughs> yeah, they rubber was, made
2: trash cans. I don't, it, I don't know, it was very weird. Very weird. Oh, it
0: was so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? Oh, but we got to talk about. Uh, the ending, the the la- where life day finally actually happens. All the uh, the stormtroopers <laughs> been killed, and the stormtrooper's death has been explained away by Art Carney, and everybody goes in their fucking eyes wide shut, red robes, and, oh! <laughs> and they go in <laughs> to a cave that you know, like from Escape from the Planet of the Apes or what, or beneath the Planet of the Apes. Pardon yes, me, yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah. beneath the Planet of the Apes, uh, you know, a set left over from that, and then. Carrie Fisher fucking coked out of her goddamn mind, <laughs> sings to the tune of Star Wars, something about life day.
3: A day that takes us through the darkness, a day
0: that leads us into life. And I swear to God, she's so happy. she is so happy to be singing that song and Ray you said she was like contractually like she made sure that she was going to sing right?
2: apparently one of the conditions of her doing the thing is she wanted to sing and have a song and they Gave her a song, like M- Mark Hamill got away with not singing, and and H- Harrison Ford did, but she wanted to apparently. So.
0: Harrison Ford doing maybe his best slash worst <laughs> acting job. He is only barely pretending he's in a movie. <laughs>
1: Honestly, that that ending is one of the most surreal moments because the rest of the time, like okay, yeah, it's Star Wars, or oh yeah, Luke's on the TV for a moment, but like by and large, it's Art Carney in this weird thing. You're just like, what were they doing? But when you have like the cast <laughs> lined up, it's all of them. It's so surreal. You're like, what? What? How did this happen?
2: I, I was genuinely confused in that sequence, too, because Life Day begins. They're all sitting around after Harrison Ford leaves and Art Carney leaves, and they pull out these snow globes that have fireflies in them or something, and they put them <laughs> together, and then the next shot is... Them all walking across the stars to a glowing yeah. light. And I thought, did they all die? <laughs> they all ascended. <laughs> because it looks like, like the end coon. of Monty Python's meaning of life, when they all die yeah. and go off into the light, and then they're in the cave. And yeah, I don't know.
0: And then <laughs> well, right, but then and then Princess Leah, who was nowhere near their planet, suddenly is there, as is the as are the droids, as is Harrison Ford, who had to go move his car, you know, that was the last <laughs> time we saw him. He's like, Oh, I gotta all go right. move now the leave. falcon. <laughs> <laughs> so suddenly everybody's reunited in death And then they sing their Life Day song And then uh, the only, This is the only interesting thing to me Well like that cave scene was actually kind of interesting I must admit But then they cut to the family The four Wookiees Sitting around a table Obviously, a table done up for dinner, but there's no food in the bowls and they sit there it's an empty salad
1: bowl just yeah empty
0: out. salad and and we were, and they sit there and then they hold their hands up and they hold their hands together, and the camera sort of pans away gently and I was like, well, this is honestly I mean this is the only thing about life day that like Speaks to the, like a Wookiee experience or whatever. It's like, oh, we're honoring like the dead with no food or whatever. It was, it was well, like. But
1: again, it's it's not the Wookiee experience. It's like they're doing the holiday meal of of, of American family but like with Wookies. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't say God bless us, everyone. In like. Wah, 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 <laughs> you know? Well, they might have.
0: They didn't subtitle it, remember? Yeah, so I they wouldn't be surprised. I would not be the least bit surprised if they did that either.
2: And then in the middle of. All of the Life Day stuff, which I'm guessing is some reflection on either those who have gone before or those whatever. Chewie remembers all the scenes from Star Wars. He basically (laughs) remembers the plot of Star Wars. Right.
0: He flashes back to, uh, and I'm sure for me that was like, oh, here we go. Here's the good part. I can't see this at home (laughs) because there were no VCRs back then. (laughs) Ah, and then James Earl Jones was in it too. This is the most amazing thing. James Earl Jones said, "Yes, I will grant you my right. voice for this fucking <laughs> abomination." You see what he was in the
1: cartoon, and then he was in like one scene. Yeah, they the
2: they overdubbed a, a shot from the movie. Yeah. Um, and I, I think <laughs> which I was said, amazing. I think I said this while we were watching it. But the thing I think is so interesting is he refused credit. For his voice because they were he was offered credit for star wars and he said no because he didn't want to get in the whole exorcist controversy over who did the voice then he also denied credit for empire and then accepted it for jedi because he thought it was the last movie but i'm thinking but he also accepted credit for this because it says <laughs> and starring the voice of james Earl jones i'm like so that one you wanted credit for
0: but not empire I'm telling you, the man needed health insurance or TV (laughs) residuals or something. (laughs) Something, yeah. He was probably like, they're going to show this every year till the (laughs) end of time. (laughs) I want my name on this. (laughs) Oh, man. The Exorcist, I I know this is totally breaking our stride, but what's the Exorcist voice controversy? The
2: Exorcist controversy was um, when... you know, when the little girl talks it was mercedes mccambridge the actress oh okay and she did not get credit for it in the original prince of the movie and then when it came to oscar time she raised a huge stink because they there was talk about nominating linda linda blair as best supporting actress and uh and mercedes mccambridge wanted wanted to be considered for that and james Gerald jones was on the board of the negotiating committee. is like nope stay away from that and he, <laughs> he he said that's why he refused credit for Star Wars um wow. but then like again
0: he accepted it for it, so. I, I wow today I learned Linda Blair was not the one talking in the Exorcist that is fascinating no. oh, oh, yeah. oh you, okay.
1: yeah you didn't know that yeah I mean she no. is obviously when she's she's the girl but yeah. like yes the possessed yeah, the oh, I see, okay. yeah I see oh I okay I see at first I thought sorry, you meant yeah. like constant yeah. like the whole thing I was yeah. like geez no 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 no, no. Oh, okay o- only when she's like
0: the demon. Pazuzu or whatever yeah. the name the yeah. demon is. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. But back to the matter at hand, the Star Wars holidays. Well, that was the other thing about this. There was almost no acknowledgement of the holidays, right? I mean, they kept talking about Life Day. That was no. their lip Nine. service but there was no like holiday feel to everything there was a war feel i mean that's where you get the like you know the imperials and houses being searched and the bar where everybody's got to go home and stuff like that but there was just no feeling of like a holiday and i was like wow that's that's kind of an interesting trick because most holiday specials can't help but fucking smash it into your face every 10 seconds They're like hey it's a christmas thing i actually thought it and i you know again
2: hadn't watched it in many many years but I thought they were going to do more Christmas stuff like like, you know, call it a different name. But I Mm -hmm. somehow in my memory thought the B. Arthur thing would be some kind of Christmas song and the Carney thing and like none of it. It's actually all kind of it's a little bit heavy and grim.
1: For the most, part, which is, which is just so weird for what it was supposed to be well i I think it's one of the you know many examples of why it's just an abomination and an absolute failure <laughs> by the way, to the question of did it hold up if uh, if we're gonna round back to that uh yeah, it was horrible like it was it was somehow worse than I remembered, like I had it so low of like this is dog shit. And like, man, it's real. It's staggering how fucking bad it is. <laughs> but it's definitely not so bad. It's good. It's just bad.
2: Yeah, like, no, it's, right. it's, you can't. You can't yeah. even
0: enjoy it. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It's so mediocre in so many ways. That's. It's. It's not even like. Yeah, they, they don't, like, make these big swings and miss, and it's not just like, oh, shit, that's so, like, you know, like the prequels. They aren't these, like, failures of execution. Yeah. It's just sort of just sits there.
2: <laughs> well, it, it's like we're, we've kind of been saying this, but just conceptually, it's just strange. It's like you don't yeah. – I don't really know what they were trying to do because at least if you see, like, a terrible variety show – you say, okay, they were trying to do a variety show and it was really, really bad. I don't know what they were trying to do here. And in <laughs> and, a way, it's, it's, you kind of, it.
0: it's kind of weird that it's kind of ahead of its time and calling itself a holiday special too, because my memory is most things at the time were just like, eh, it's a Christmas special, get over it, you know non-Christians give
1: this thing any credit I, uh, hold on hold, I'm, I'm just I'm Ahead just it's time well
0: perhaps there's a better way to describe that I'm just saying that calling it a holiday special was already setting it apart you know what I mean it was already sort of insisting we are not part of your typical Christmas routine TV mm. So, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that they call it a holiday special. They make up a whole holiday that ain't nothing too, you know, that that, that we know anything about. And then they manage to have, you know, 90 minutes of a 97-minute experience not be about anything. <laughs> <laughs> you yes. Know? Uh,
1: well, I, I think, Ray, to your point of the strangeness of it, to mm-hmm. me that is the only value this thing has. <laughs> <Okay. It's laughs> the, the, the only joy I get out of the, this is – People that don't know about it and me playing it and them just—that's all I get out of it—is the the bewildered look <laughs> on their faces. Uh-huh. And actually, uh, Nelson, there was a moment during the cooking segment. I looked down, and you had a look on your face of just utter <laughs> bewilderment, <laughs> like jaw literally agape, like what the fuck, like. And I—that I just
0: was like that was that's su- it. That's the only value. That was such hacky bullshit, even then. Julia Child imitations were hacky, unfunny bullshit. (laughs) And the fact that they went with it and then didn't add any other jokes is just like, how did they think this was going to fly? I mean, just like you say, I would rather have seen like David Bowie and Bing Crosby duetting and singing an alien Christmas song than what we got, which is just weirdness and grimness and really long takes of of a, of a lot of things. Jesus Christ. Endless
2: sequences with no dramatic point at all. But luckily they went on forever. So yeah, I don't know. And um just to pick on people's physical appearances. <laughs> Mark Hamill was wearing some kind of wig that I couldn't quite figure oh. well, out. Well,
0: yeah, you were saying that he was shooting, uh, uh, oh, I forget, what, a military movie, right? I think it
2: had to be the big red one or something. Because okay. I'm trying sure. to figure, like, why did he have that wig on? And it just must have been that his hair was cut too short for to be recognized as Luke Skywalker. But
0: well, what was so interesting is that he had the wig on, They had given him, like, caked on makeup, which we thought maybe was to, you know, uh, cover up the scars from his accident, maybe. But he also was super thin, like, thinner than he was in Star Wars, and his eyes were, like, lit up, in some way, I don't know if it was the yeah. lights there, but he looked they had cool. a lot of makeup
2: around his eye, like um,
0: eyeliner and stuff. Which maybe he, yeah. he
1: borrowed something from Carrie Fisher.
2: I maybe don't <laughs> I don't know.
0: That may be almost, the only way anyone got through it. <laughs> I almost couldn't identify him as Mark Hamill. Is my point? He looked like right an ice skater, or you know, he was singing from a musical. But I would not have necessarily pegged him as Mark Hamill until his voice, you know, popped up. Speaking of which, this was the first time I think that he did uh, voiceover work for a cartoon, which mm-hmm. then became his life's work.
2: Yeah, least, <laughs> he's true. so wonderful at it
0: too. You know. Well, I mean, it was that was the thing. It's like this might be better than the live stuff he's doing. So,
1: <laughs> anyway, you know, you know what just struck me as interesting because this is around the same time as the special, give or takes a couple of years. It's so bizarre that the Muppet show gives Star Wars more reverence than this. Like, like how did there's... I don't know if it's just Jim Henson or what. Like, how did they
0: sort of kind of get it and this didn't? Well, shorter, for one thing. It's that half hour we're talking about. That's true. 22 minutes. Well, the Muppets have a very specific uh, tone and comedy of their own, though, right? And it's like, if you pop up on the Muppets... You're in their world, right? So that makes sense right, to me that, like, right, even if Luke Skywalker right. pops up in their world, even if they're being serious, then the Muppets are still going to be the Muppets and they're still going to do their thing around it. So I think that's what you're. T- Plus, of course, ha- everybody's crossed over on that because it's the Henson company that right, helped out right. with Empire. Frank Oz is one of the cast. He's, you know. Yeah. So it makes sense to me that, and I'm sure Lucas was much more involved at that point because the movie right. had actually been made. So he would have more investment and have more to say about it, probably. I don't know for sure, but it just seems to me that, like, by that point, he would be back in it. (laughs) This one, he totally, you see his lack of involvement up to the fact that we didn't even see him in the credits, right, at the end. Yeah, no, not at all. So, yeah, so I I just figured. And all the
2: accounts I've read is he authored the story, both stories, the Boba Fett story and then the getting Chewy home for life day story, but. I guess he decided not to <laughs> have the credit or something.
0: Well, it makes sense that the the Boba Fett story he would author and they can't touch that and change that around because it's animation. And back then it would take you a year <laughs> to yeah, animate yeah. something. Right, so. right. I
2: almost wonder, and I have no idea how to verify this, if that's how the whole thing began. Because it is um, kind of weird that the cartoon gets dropped right in the middle of what is otherwise live action. Right. I'm wondering if if that's how or whether they were two separate projects and and were put together somehow i i'd love to find the answer to that i'll go well
0: given it. that he went into animation with like droids and um mm-hmm. what, what was the other one was right. it the ewoks he must have done the Ewoks. Ewoks, yeah. yeah. He went I mean, in. obviously, that was a few years later. Right. But, yeah. but he was... You know, I think he was on that train, you know, in his mind already. He's like, how can we... You know, this is obviously built for a cartoon. How can we make a cartoon? I wouldn't even be surprised if they made the cartoon as like a, you know, testing something. You know, like testing, right. like a pilot, basically. Like, yeah. like a pilot, totally. Right.
1: And then they're like, oh, we got this thing. Here, you
0: want to air it yeah right so yeah that that makes sense to me honestly and uh, speaking of the strangeness mm. of things uh if you watch <laughs> any of the other lucas spin-offs of star wars like the ewok movies uh what are the other ones there was a couple other spin-off movies he did right or was it just ewok movies no just um
2: just, just, just the ewok, 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 films, ewok yeah
0: those are strange too even in their weirdness and their your goofy kidness those have like some like at the beginning of this one they have that kind of weird like oh the Ewoks Mm -hmm. run around and hunt and whatnot
1: well my my favorite thing about those Ewok movies is the first movie the entire plot revolves around rescuing the girl's family from a beast and they are successful and then in the second movie they kill the whole family right. <laughs> in the first five minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. like totally wasting our time with the first movie. It's like, okay.
0: It's like a Friday the 13th. It's you yeah, know.
1: it's exactly like
0: that. It's, yeah. That always really tickled me. The first
2: Ewok movie was shown on television. Whenever they would go to commercial, they would have a clip from a scene to come. And I remember the the whole uh, crux of the thing leads to will the family escape? And I remember I was actually watching it with some of my brothers and we were saying to each other, is the family going to escape? And when they went to commercial, the clip was the family escaping. You're like, way to kill the story, guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, well, we don't need to watch Jeez. the rest of it now because they just hadn't, <laughs> hadn't mastered coming
0: ups, had they no, not yet. Not yet. I oh. <laughs> guess not. That's some garbage. Jeez.
1: Well, uh, gentlemen, did it hold up for you? That's my question.
0: Well, uh, no, but if you mean did it hold up in that I had a wonderful time <laughs> what, watching that it,
1: whatever that means to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I had the best time watching it with you guys. If I had watched this alone, I might have either fallen asleep or hung myself. So <laughs> the fact that I could enjoy it so much with you guys, uh, you know, that's that's the hold up part. The the show itself does not. That that does not hold up. No. <laughs>
2: i i i second the enjoying watching it with you guys because i i probably would have turned it off if i was watching it myself. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> but, but um the i will say it won't hold up because i was kind of hoping it would be so bad it's good and it's it was just so tedious that i so yeah. i have to say
0: no
1: <laughs>
2: it's yeah. a real
0: slog yeah. <laughs> for sure god 97 minutes that was ridiculous I was hoping for the commercials it felt after a while. Well. Like a
1: thousand! I, s-
0: oh I swear there Dude, was times. Did,
1: there was a couple of times I like would check the time and just like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> He would, like- and,
2: and, and you could always tell when you checked the time because you would let out this groan. He would audibly <laughs> groan and be like, "Oh!" And we're like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "I just checked the time."
0: Oh my god! We've got an hour left of this garbage. Miserable. <laughs>
1: miserable i think there was actually a point it's right it was the cantina song i don't think i'd ever seen that i actually don't think i ever made it through (laughs) like i i I fast forwarded to the end to catch like the last bit Mm But I think that was my first time making it through the entire thing. <laughs> and perhaps last, who knows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. almost certainly.
0: Yes. <laughs> One day, well, what's funny is Lonchino's daughter came in while we were watching and she is, you've shown her all the Star Wars stuff, right? So the best thing he's, uh Sure, she's seen the most. most. Yeah. Most of the Star Wars stuff. The way he explained it to her, his, you know, his 7-year-old, 8-year-old daughter, he said oh, this is a non-canonical Star Wars special <laughs> from the 70s. And she sort of, the best part is she sort of nodded her head and said, oh, okay. <laughs> like she understood non-canonical means you don't have to worry about it. She's like, oh, okay, great. Then I won't. <laughs> and off she went. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Trey. This has uh, been a wonderful time despite the subject matter (laughs) absolutely thank you for having me back (laughs) the book is secrets of the force the complete uncensored unauthorized history of star wars edited by edward gross and mark a altman uh ray has a good chunk of that what's the name of the james bond book you can go ahead and pimp that one too it's
2: uh nobody does it better the complete unauthorized history of james bond Hmm.
0: I haven't even read that one, so that that'll be a, a treat for me. Everybody should pick that that one up, and all of Ray's other books. He's got him on Amadeus. He's got uh, Hard Days Night. He's got you know, dude. Whatever your pleasure, he's got a movie book for it. <laughs> Any you want to go, anyway. <laughs> thank you,
1: thank you, John Nelson, and thank you very much, Ray, for joining us. If you would like to send us an email, you can uh, email us at holduppodcast at gmail Or you can also visit our website, holduppodcast.com. There you'll find links to everything, including our Twitter, our Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And until next time. Nobody moves. Nobody goes to life day. Have a happy life day. (laughs)
3: Wonder Woman, starring Linda Carter, and Incredible Hulk, starring Bill Bixby, will return at their regular times next Friday evening on most of these stations.